0: I said what you know about it It's the stool, baby Got the amazing en place Yeah, the stool, baby oh. And the room a lot hello, hello listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. This is Andre Canaparo. Hi. This is our guest Ken Concepcion. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? Great. Ken, uh, you are the owner of Now Serving. Yes. It's a cookbook store and cook cook things store in Chinatown that we've talked about a bunch on this podcast before
1: Right. with right. you and your wife. Yes. Uh, a bunch of cookbooks and culinary goods. Uh, mm. If it has anything to do with food, but food for now, we'll hopefully now. we carry it. Yeah, for now. Anything,
0: anything. <laughs> to do with food. And and your your wonderful wife made us this insane dessert treat that we're currently eating right now. It's like a rice krispie treat. But instead of Rice Krispies, there are also well, there are Rice Krispies, but there's right. other cereals mixed in with it, right? Yeah, it's uh, knock I, us knock us through these these. I can't cereals. Co- I can't
1: go too much into it, although otherwise I get like sliced. But it'll be <laughs> uh, she got some Cocoa Krispies in there.
0: Yeah, we got some CCT
1: in there, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. CCT and um, I think just a Reggae Rice Krispies right there.
0: I feel like. And there's a s'more inside the middle. This is one of those. Are we moments. allowed to talk about that part? There
1: is there is a there is a, a, an inner core that's the surprise. The inner, core. <laughs> inner core. So like,
0: imagine a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich where the bread are rice krispie treats, but like with five different cereals. Right. So there's a lot of craggles going on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rough terrain. Yeah. Different textures, flavors, colors, and then the peanut butter and jelly filling in the middle is just a perfectly blackened charred. Marshmallow? S'more marshmallow that's squished down this yeah. is quite a revelation yeah and i'm eating this at three in the afternoon <laughs> no pot in my system stone cold stone cold sober right and Wire. i'm and i'm looking at it with the kind of like if i if i was high this it doesn't get better than this is right. what i'm saying this is true
2: Is it one of those moments where you eat something and you feel like somebody watches you sleep and can read your mind because <laughs> I don't really like desserts that much. Like, the, I probably have a dessert a couple times a month, maybe. Yeah.
1: No sweet tooth, really.
2: No, so but I'm, once in a while I'll have a little candy in the house or something, and I'll have, like, an abazaba or something, right? Oh. But, like, in a restaurant, wow. unless somebody tells Fucking me... Fucking weirdo, huh? That was spe- a little weirdo. That was fine. very spe- spe- specific. Yeah, that was kind of a ram drop. I'll just eat, like, an abazaba. But <laughs> unless somebody tells me I need to try something in a restaurant... I skip dessert every time without looking Mm. at the menu, regardless of where I am, unless like I've been told, you know, or like it's famous for something.
0: And Andre always does what he's told. Mm. (laughs) Wow.
2: And so, (laughs) uh, but I love Rice Krispie treats. I will try a Rice Krispie treat at a museum, at like a little (laughs) show. If I've never, like, if I've never had it before, I will try a bootleg cart Rice Krispie treat just to be like, is this the one? If you spend the night in jail and they're like Rice Krispie treats, you're like, yeah, sure,
0: bring it. No, I think
2: I, I tell that because I went to the Getty Center. And mm-hmm. like they had a Rice Krispie treat, right? Right. And I, or, I got one, and the people I was with were like, "Did you get a fucking Rice Krispie treat at the Getty?" And I was like, "Yeah, I gotta try all of them." Like, I, need, like, I don't know when I am gonna find the one. You never know. That's your uh... so it's one. It's probably my favorite desserts. Sure. And like, if I get ice cream or like frozen yogurt, all my toppings are always breakfast cereals. So mm. all these things are coming yeah. together to create one of my favorite things I've ever eaten on a sweet side. This thing's incredible.
0: Yeah. My only beef with it, Captain Crunch. Ooh. There's no cap. The captain's not on board this ship, but also, like Andre was saying, this is the kind of thing that makes him feel like somebody watches him sleep and reads his thoughts. This is a kind of dessert that makes me feel like you know, when like a five year old just like eats a bag of sugar and then yeah. like gets mm-hmm. like their eyes change like, and <laughs> you know, like they start vibrating because they're right. uh, have such a sugar high.
2: Uh-huh. I can already feel that burning inside of me Ooh. right now. The little, also, the little alien baby, yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, sometimes I have a box of nerds in the cupboard, too. Oh. But mm. that's where it ends, usually. A lot of nerd talk recently. Yeah, for sure. A lot of nerd talk. So
0: you listen to this podcast, right?
1: Yeah, a uh, long-time listener.
0: Uh, yeah. How does it feel to be on the other side?
1: It's it's a little weird, but it's cool.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? It's what good. do you mean it's weird?
1: <laughs> yeah, just seeing where all the magic ha- Like, it's behind the curtain. You're it seeing is. how this beautiful sausage is made. Yes, exactly. All the I've seen the charcuterie getting broken
0: down and I'm, pumped into a casing. I'm glad I remembered this thing when I was taking a shower earlier. I wanted you to, because you're, uh, <laughs> I'm listening. Not only do you have this cookbook store, but you have also been a, uh, a, sh- a cook your whole life as a profession. Mm. You worked under Wolfgang Puck for how long? Uh,
1: for 12 years. 12 years. Uh, yeah, yeah been cooking for almost 20 years which is scary wow isn't that wild
2: that is really scary
1: because you don't look a day over 12 <laughs> this is well i'm rotting on the inside that's what i usually like
2: to and say. you're saying <laughs> as a cook of 20 years you've listened to this podcast more than once yes <laughs> yeah not just like a half a time and oh, you're like sure yeah I'll, I'll do it doesn't have... listen to second time yeah yeah i don't believe it mm-hmm. for
0: sure i don't believe it it's good that you're here because we have a lot of Twitter questions t- oh, today. Cool, oh, and some of them are ones where if they're like, about the last podcast, I'm not answering any <laughs> of those questions. Did you listen to the last last week's podcast, the, with Jonathan Gold, the 101?
1: Yeah, that was that was one of the legendary ones, I think.
0: Legendary. Well, yeah. I got an email from Farley Elliot today oh.
2: about that. <laughs> what up, hey Farley? Farley. Farley editor, Great name, Farley.
0: Farley Elliot, see the editor of, of Eater LA. Sure. Eater is a website where people go for food stuff, and he said, "Fun Pod,"
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: but he, but he had a great criticism for it, mm. and he said, "I think next time you guys should bring in a ringer to 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 join us for to co- like fill in all the gaps because a lot mm. of the restaurants that we listed we had never been to probably or- half. <laughs> Right. So having and he was saying like I'm not. He's saying he doesn't necessarily think that he should be the one, but just somebody.
2: It should be him. I love Farley, but it should be him. I think. But it should be. He's got a great point, and it should be him. Uh.
0: And, I, and he said,
2: <laughs>
0: he said, I think it would help you guys be even funnier than you already were, already are. So uh, he, he mm. sent a very nice a ma- nice message. And Farley, I agree with you. I think if we had somebody who had been. More familiar with all of these. I mean, it's, right. it's hard to go to all of these restaurants,
1: yeah, that's true. But I also think what I what was what was cool about last week's pod though was I mean, I, that's how people are in everyday life. It's like, Oh, have you been yeah. to this spot? Have you been to this spot? Have oh, you Keith been to barley? Have you been to? <laughs> Changed my mind. It's like, right, a, right can. yeah. Can have you right. been to Roasted Blue yet? No, I haven't been able to make it. Like, yeah. Uh, like most, ninety-nine pe- percent of the population out there, they're not able to go to a restaurant. You
0: haven't been able to make it. I haven't been able to pronounce it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually have been to Rosa Blue So not everybody <laughs> paid good. money to go eat <laughs> at restaurants. Farley, you're banned.
2: <laughs> right. Lifetime ban. Just kidding. You Farley, should definitely Madrid. come on next and do that. year.
0: Next year's episode. Please come come on and join and join us, and you can be uh, you'll, you'll round us out. But nice. it is,
2: yeah. I mean, I I think like. You have it has to be a specific life goal to have eaten at all those restaurants. Right. Like it's like, oh, what's your hobby? Like, oh, I just eat at every Jonathan Gold one oh one list sure. and then I write about it on Yelp. Right. And then I get a star.
0: Right. And you either get paid to do that or you're a rich person right. who has no yeah. nothing to do with their lives. Like you have a mm-hmm. boring job so in that's, life.
1: That's basically basically saying you're going to two of these restaurants a week yeah. and not repeating.
0: Yeah. For right. a whole for a whole year. Right.
2: For a whole damn. That I mean and, and then there's a, lot of, it that way, there's, there's a lot of simple over, that simple math that there's carry able to <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> if you wanted to do it in a year, but there's carry over year to year. But yeah, I mean like uh, on from a math number in a year, it's insane. Yeah. I never even thought about that way until so just show sure. Yeah. Ken always breaking it down nicely.
0: well um, one thing in the in the shower that I thought of was like, "Oh my god, I remember Ken did a pretty spot on amazing Wolfgang Puck impression. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know if you have the have the stone to say it live on pod. But if you want to give us a little puck, yeah, it might it might come out. Usually, actually, Michelle loves
1: that loves it too. But uh, <laughs> it might it might come out. Okay. Well, I'm just putting
2: that in you. In I'm really room. hoping that the impression is I'm Wolfgang. <laughs> Hello, Hi, I tell everyone what to do. <laughs> like, that's, that's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Spot, I don't know. For accuracy, I'm uh, not sure.
0: But very good. <laughs> All right, so so now serving, your store has been open for a couple months now? Uh, Three months? Five weeks. Five weeks? Yeah.
2: yeah. Damn, it it's, feels like... It's a newborn. It feels like seven to eight weeks to Ooh. me. There is... Okay, so I I got to go there... Before this podcast, I wanted to see it. I was really excited. I missed the opening party. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, But and this, like, I thought about whether I was going to talk about this, and I feel like, um, I don't even know. Yeah, anyway, I'm just going to do it. Because some people might be like, that's not even a compliment. But I think, so. Do it. I love Harry Potter. Parking was bad. One star. Yeah. Hey, I there love, you go. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I had to walk around a bunch of people taking pictures of fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, zero stars. <laughs> um, no, I, so I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Fine, I'll admit it. I don't care. Mm. And I felt like I was walking into, like, they describe this wand shop in the Harry Potter books, like, where it's kind of like this magical place. And, like, mm. you go in and the wand picks you. I opened the door and I was like, this is, like, the wand shop where there's, like, all this mm. really thoughtful lighting, lighting up some chef's knives in the front and some, mm-hmm. you, some tools. Mm-hmm. Got some tweezers and, nice. like, the best oyster shucking knife I've ever seen. Best yeah. looking. And, like... It had this like magical quality where if like what you love to do is cook, whether it's professionally or as a hobby, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like you just like the oh, when you walk in because there's just like f- sealing the floor really well curated cookbooks, but then your eye will catch something small like an apron or a chef's knife. And and when you said everything cool. is there except an actual perishables, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah and it yeah, chooses sure. you. But it it's like that line of a store from lighting and architecture being really well thought of but also not alienating and it's just kinda of perfect and mm-hmm. I don't I haven't seen anything like it before in LA. I feel like Yeah, everybody... it makes the Aesop store look like the
0: town dump. <laughs> nice. I'm never going in there again. <laughs> I do like their soap, though. Well, that's a, that is a sweet analogy, and it although was. I'm not a Potter watcher, uh, there's obvious I think some people out there enjoy Harry Potter. They do, I think a few <laughs> uh, billions. So, yeah. like all the people listening are like Andre. That's yeah, it's nice. just a
2: really. I mean, the second I walked in, I was like, "Well, you fucking nerd's so right cool." Now. Cool. Yeah, anyways, thank you very much. It's really clear from the beginning. How much thought got into laying it out? But then again, it's not distracting in a way where you feel like you can touch everything, and mm-hmm. it's really approachable. And you
0: know. yeah, but what if what if um, Wolfgang Puck was the guy who designed that store? He'd be like, <laughs>
2: "I'm designing a store."
1: <laughs> no, he would he would be. Uh... I mean, he's got a whole team of, like, designers and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Favorite architects and artists and stuff. Well,
2: one, it it would be in an airport, right? Just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've made a Caesar salad with chicken only. (laughs) Oh, That was a pretty good German. That was like a... a It was
0: okay. He's he's Austrian, right? Austrian, yeah. Last, uh, speaking of candy, on my other podcast, Tall Tales, somebody was asking me about uh, the nude Kit Kat eating, the process of using your teeth to eat the chocolate around the wafer. Yes. Yes. You guys familiar with that move? <laughs> uh, just from what you've described. So I'm no, just... Nobody does this at all. I've never heard of it. I, I wanted to bring it up on the food podcast where okay. people might be more of a... But where you, you get a Kit Kat and you use your teeth to... That little ledge? To nibble that chocolate layer all the way around it and you're preserving the wafer inside. Mm-hmm. And then from there, there's two wafers and you can put your teeth in between them and split the wafer you... into two long... Yeah, I've done that. You've done that.
2: Yeah. Consciously? I just can't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're separating the cookie wafer for fun. I I mean, I am doing it for I can't, fun. <laughs> I can't remember doing it, but I know I've done it. This is a thing. This is an internet thing.
0: And it's not an internet no. thing, it's a me I thing. I think it's a Jason thing. And
2: I was explaining it to some other people, and they're looking at me like I was
0: an, an insane person. Like, what the hell is wrong with me, kind of thing. So I just wanted to see if you guys. Yeah.
2: Well, you're probably, okay, you're probably, like, not fucking turning the lights down and putting music on before you do it. You're, like, watching TV, eating a candy bar, and you're just biting it and mm, doing, like, right. just kind of. I'm systematically munchy.
0: nibbling it with, with pinpoint precision. <laughs> well, that seems dramatic, but okay. Right. And the lights are down. No, they're not. It's shirts off.
2: Shirts off. Oh,
0: it's messy. It's all in the tub. It's a whole
2: thing. I don't, and so, okay, so this was a conversation you were having with somebody and they, it was
0: with, with a couple
2: podcast guests.
0: They were a a
1: little repulsed by
0: it, actually. They were repulsed, but that's fine. If you, if anywhere, if any listeners on this podcast or do that nibble, come find me. Or similar nibbling.
2: Well, I mean, or if you nibble, (laughs) did you start talking about Reese's Pieces Cops? No, there's like a million ways to eat those, right? Yeah,
1: I think that's what was weird because it was a Kit Kat, and Kit Kats are kind of just like this like sacred thing where you just you just go at it one way. Huh. And Jason kind of flipped the script a
0: little bit. Oh, I turned that Kit Kat on its head. Yeah. It really doesn't seem that weird <laughs> to me. Good, thank you. Um, cookbook question for you. Now Ooh. that you've now you've been selling cookbooks for the last five weeks, what, are they good? Hmm? Are cookbooks are they good no uh, <laughs> what what has been the highest selling cookbook so far um
1: it's either the new uh yotam odelangi book uh sweet which is his uh he does it, he co-writes it with helen go who i think is his uh basically his pastry chef mm-hmm. and i mean anything odelangi touches is gold yeah mm-hmm. this is his fifth book i think so he finally goes towards dessert full on and it's that sells pretty well, and then
0: um, are there any pomegranate seeds anywhere? T- <laughs> a t- there's
1: a ton of pomegranates, and there's like an eggplant cake. No, I'm just kidding. Charred eggplant. Yeah, cake. Y- labna everywhere. Um, but oh, and then also there's a great book by Josh McFadden called Six Seasons. And uh, he's a chef up in Portland.
2: One of Andres faves. Oh, nice. that's been on my counter for a couple months since I got it. Daddy loved that book. That was my favorite so far this year. Yeah,
1: we can't keep that book in the store, actually. Really? Like, literally.
2: If you... I also feel like it's one of those things where... you want to give it to somebody, and if they're not into food, you just like, look in their eye and be like, just promise you'll read this for like a half hour. Sure. Just don't leaf through it and put it down. Like, right. Because there's nothing that's necessarily going to grab you. There's not like some <coughs> crazy gimmick recipe where you're like, oh, wow, like mm. nacho Oreos. Right. It's like such an incredible description of sure. like how to eat, how to enjoy eating through seasons, and like I love it. I Maybe love I read this damn book. What I love about it too for is sure. like yes. – <laughs> the book changes obviously as the seasons change uh-huh. where it's like what you're, you're kind of like oh what am i gonna make you're like oh yeah that's right I haven't, well, i'm gonna pull this off right. and reread summer
1: yeah and i think it's actually a good book to for people who don't usually have like look at cookbooks hundred percent and i think there's actually the, the there's kind of like this um there's almost like this warm-up point now for people who that i see come into the store and they're like oh wait this is this is all books? This is all cookbooks? Yeah. Like there it's kind of it's kind of like a fun shock for me to to see them say that and then cuz you know you look you're looking at recipes or dishes online and you know there's a thousand ways to make, you know, uh nachos and mm-hmm. or you're looking at Pinterest which is even worse yeah. for food. Unless you, you know, you want to see what It's like almost as bad as TasteMate or something, you know. Right, right. So, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the, the like the like a cookbook like that, it's you're getting a specific vis- uh, vision for, with a specific voice, mm-hmm. and you you just kind of have to go along with the ride, you know.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I love the Alice Waters vegetable books, but I think also they're not necessarily like user friendly unless mm-hmm. you really want to spend the time using cooking them and reading them because mm-hmm. like one, there's no pictures, and it's you know that throwback to traditional cookbooks where it's just like paper print Mm -hmm. and that's like no real kind of anecdote about the dish it's just a list of ingredients and how to make it and moves on from there right right. to an extent Mm -hmm. and i feel like that is that's not or you can answer this better than me but that's not what like the contemporary cookbook is these days there's a there's a story there's Mm -hmm. kind of a perspective a voice Mm-hmm. um a lot of it can be anecdotal about their lives or why the food's important or why they like that I mean I don't know it's it's
0: a lot of pictures of like here's my cool kitchen right yeah. like and I have this yeah.
2: blanket on the
0: table yeah there's the a lot of lifestyle pound. yeah
1: there's there's a I mean that goes with like the whole lifestyle the emergence of a li- of the lifestyle shop especially here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and the damn mormons huh yeah, yeah and uh <laughs> and you see you know you can cook out of like the Alice water book but I mean, if I if if you do that or I do that, then you're going at it. I would look at it as more of like a historical yeah. imprint, you know. Mm-hmm. And then now, what's kind of cool with cookbooks is it's some. I heard somebody just say somebody say last week like it's it's we're kind of in like this interesting like indie indie rock phase of cookbooks. Yeah, very much. Where I mean, and l- cooks aside from like the magazines and the zines and all that stuff, which is another really cool world, is. You don't just have to have the, the cookbook that says how to grill ribs for on Sundays or the, it's like the fancy chef book. Mm-hmm. Now there's all this different stuff like the Munchies book and the Grill Tacos book and you know even you know Action Bronson has a cookbook but it's actually really it's actually a really cool book.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Haven't looked
1: at it yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay.
0: It's cool or it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trust you. <laughs> <laughs> um all right and and you have you have a big collection of vintage books and magazines and all that stuff right. as well and I'm I'm starting to get into like old magazines like old gourmet magazines oh, and things like that from you know early 80s is always yeah. what I'm into Yeah yeah all that photography is insane A lot of it's insane and I'm wondering like all uh, so many um trends and find themselves repeating themselves in fashion and music and movies and all that stuff mm-hmm. do you See things progressing in cycles like that in the food world from the old from the old cookbooks. and I mean, magazines?
1: when we we're when we were like sourcing these books, and we would go to like either estate sales or uh, libraries, which libraries have books, and you can they just actually, steal them. Nobody stops yeah, you, of course.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has a gun in a library. Like the, libraries, <laughs> so actually, easy. they
1: actually want to get rid of their books. You know, like there's weekly library sales every, mm-hmm. around yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern California.
0: Really? Yeah. Why do oh, yeah. they? Why do libraries want to get rid? Because room, room they take ones? any donation. Yeah. Mm. So
2: they'll take without looking at your 18 boxes of books. They'll take them all, mm-hmm. right? And then they just sell them. For but a also to piece, make which is great because they're going to raise money, for right? The but
1: also to make room for those for the new books that are coming mm-hmm. in and for the donated books and. Got it. There's only so much room on, in the shelves, so right. Um. So you know we'll do that. We'll look online. Um. But the. Like going back to what you're saying, the vintage, like the older books, which are really important to us, they have, like I, I would be flipping through like an old Jacques Pan book, and I, you know, I'm, if it was just plated a little differently, mm. and saw like maybe, you know, the portion was a little different, you, that would be on a on a that would be on like the Republic menu, mm-hmm. you know, and mm. it's it's so. Republic so fun- is a restaurant here in Los Angeles. Yes, for it is. was at home. That's right. You True story. Um, so that there's a like, it all goes, it's all cyclical, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. I I just want you to, I wanted to like go in there and just spend a day looking at all these magazines and then like figure out what, what the next cycle trend is going to be based on the old. Sure. Sure. I mean, you can, especially with like the older,
1: like the older magazines from the eighties, you can see like the rise of sun-dried tomatoes and Mm -hmm. like people who were putting like kiwis on, on like entree plates and stuff Mm -hmm. and the tall food, whole tall food movement. Oh yeah. In like the late nineties, everybody tried to make stacks, stacks of stacks of food that were like eight inches tall. Mm -hmm. It's insane.
2: Do you have the, um, I didn't look, but this always makes me think of talking about weird plating or the Dolly cookbook have they reissued?
1: I've seen that, but we don't have that. I mean, it's...
2: He loved a part of his personality from... I haven't... And this is what I'm gleaming from the book. But he loved throwing dinner parties... Um, but the, I mean, the book itself is half an art piece and mm. then half recipe. Sure. It, it's a really amazing calls for book. Cooking wow. like lobsters in Lundgren. lamb, lamb skulls and then like plating. And then, so it's kind of like, oh. it's very Dolly-esque. And then there's like once in a while you'll look at something and be like, oh, that's just a recipe. Mm. And then the next one will be like something insane. Yeah. You can't like tell elite. what is real and what isn't. Yeah. Ooh, it's it's uh, almost like a wolf's
1: mouth. You could yeah. say
2: it's. Surreal.
1: Oh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's an
2: interesting one. That's a that's a fun one.
1: Haven't been to Wolvesmouth. Mouth. Neither have I. I've met a couple of the guys. They're really, really, really nice. I'm yep. sure they're great. Yeah.
0: If you Wolves Mouth, if you listen to this pod, let me come for free. For sure. <laughs>
2: for sure. Do, do
1: you get the uh, Do you get the email?
0: Are you on their no, email I'm list? No, not on the email. Okay, I'll forward it to you. Mm. Please do. All right, we uh, we have some Twitter questions that we're gonna we're gonna bust into. First one, my friend Valerie Renee, Mexican-infused Hanukkah dinner ideas. Whoa, I think her and her she she's a Mexican person, mm-hmm. and I guess she has to. I think maybe her life partner is has a little little Jewish in him. Sure. What about matzah chili kebabs. Oh. <laughs> matzah chili I mean, you, well,
2: you can that? do you can do a matzah ball pozole. You do that too? But that'd, I mean, if you take it before, you take like the mix, you mm-hmm. take the actual crackers. Oh, so that'd be like,
0: maybe like a migas with the crackers. Oh, yeah, I'd like to, yeah, well, is migas, migas is basically, basically Tex-Mex. Yeah, the Tex-Mex version of like the chili same Our with is with a chip and then migas is just with the tortilla? Something like that. Yeah,
1: I
2: think
0: there's, there's a... I'm not the expert on migas. There's a slight distinction, right. but I think... They basically they
1: don't really call them chilaquiles, they, they just call them migas. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sometimes they're like, they, I think they, or I've had it at least in Austin where they take the tortilla and kind of chop it into strips right. mm-hmm. and don't deep fry it, but uh, then fry it like yeah. a flat top and then add. Mm. And chiliquiles to me is always whole chips. Mm. Right.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. And so. also, is making one of my favorite chilaquile methods in the wok. Mm-hmm. Walk really? is great for a chili kale. Oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. You can, you can, you got a lot of surface area to move those chips around without yeah. breaking them and everything. Right. It's good. I mean, there's that, I mean, you can make a, a latki and, and sour cream. Hmm. Mexican ish. You can add in some.
2: Oh, I thought you were describing the hybrid dish. I was like, is sour cream juice? Well, I don't understand. Like, what is the you, sour you put, cream don't you Alaska? Sa- you put sour cream. Yeah, in no, I thought yeah, you were describing sure. the fusion part, uh, and I was like, I where mean, is the fusion?
1: Yeah, you could go like with that sour cream thing. You could do like sour cream, like everything, bagel spice. Um, but I was thinking with that chili, kilis in the water. Bagels,
0: really? Yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> oh. oh, I was hoping for more of like a cilantro lime crema oh. instead
1: of uh, instead of sour but cream. But what if you threw like pastrami in the chili, Kelly's? Yeah. You know, so
0: Ooh.
1: yeah, do a little bit of that I and like that some like uh, some strong mustard on top and a squeeze from a squeeze bottle. So you could do the little
2: zigzag. Yeah, you could do brisket tacos, but instead like doing it braised Jewish style with like carrots, oh. celery, hmm. red wine, or no, I guess it wouldn't be red wine, Manischewitz. But, it'd be Manischewitz, but like. You could do that in a way that is very un-Mexican traditionally to cook the brisket and then throw that in something fun in a taco.
0: Also, you just remind, or you just inspired me Manischewitz sangria? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> think sangria is not that good? Try it with
2: Manachevit's. Yeah. Much much so much good. worse. Yeah. Or I prefer it room temp. Oh, yeah, I mean yeah. I prefer yeah. my sangria Manischewitz room temp. Sure. Or slightly hot.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. straight out of the toilet. Or
2: yeah. get fish tacos dorado No. Oh. <laughs> that is a very perfect hybrid joke, but uh-huh. yeah, no. But yeah, no. Never.
1: No, I do that like that. The, is the idea of the one. uh the montsball pozole is sounds Yeah, actually really that's good. actually
2: that sounds that like would a be very really legit good. dish. A bunch Thank of cilantro, chilies, radishes. Same like, And and speaking of that, you can get hominy from Rancho Gordo too. Yeah, it's, it's really which is good. like the harder to. I feel like it's not usually on the shelves if a store just mm-hmm. has a few Rancho Gordo beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can order them, and the hominy is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I As got
0: some. I got some some Gordo hominy. And speaking of this pozole, it just reminded me I have an Instagram question from Chaz Modelica. What's up, Chaz? Do you know Chaz? No. How am I supposed <laughs> you know? to know when a tomatillo is ripe? And outside of salsa, what's how can, how can you use them? And those are both questions that I don't know the answer to. Oh, that is, that is a good question. I mean, yeah, how do you know when a tomatillo is ripe? Are tomatillos even
1: ever ripe? I don't, I feel, because I, it's, for the uh, Grilled Tacos event, I made uh, West Avila's uh, raw tomatillo avocado salsa. Mm-hmm. And um, the tomatillos, when I was cutting them up, and I don't use them that often, they were like kind of dry and spongy, like an eggplant. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if they will. They'll never be a ripe like a juicy tomato mm-hmm. or anything like no, that. No, they're
2: not young, you know, vine red tomatoes. They'll yeah. never turn. I don't think they ever turn a color. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, right?
1: and I was actually when I before I blitzed them in the blender, I was like, "Is this? Is this? Are these okay?" Mm-hmm. But then they
0: worked. Um, according to Google. Punto com. Mm. Well, one, once the uh, once once the papery shell on the outside has been split by the growth of the tomatillo inside, that means it is ripe and ready to eat. And when it goes from green to yellow, that means it has become overripe mm. huh. and it's been left too long. Interesting. So, so you, want, you want you want a nice strong green color yeah. and not a pale yellow green color because then yeah. it's too. Too too far. One more thing with the tomatillos, the uh, the recipe
1: also that I use from Grilled Tacos, he recommends only using only the purple tomatillos, which I'd never ever seen before. Must be nice. I've never seen them either. And when I went to the Hollywood market that last Sunday, I walked up and they had purple tomatillos. <laughs> really? No I was like, What the fuck?
2: Did you get some?
1: Yeah, yeah. We use them for the salsa. Oh, you, you used them. Okay, you yeah. used them for the they're, okay. they're, 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 they're like the size of cherry tomatoes.
0: No way. Yeah. Well, how would you use them? for something outside of salsa. Uh stuff. Br- maybe like braise them with
1: you could braise like short ribs or pork with them. That was
2: the first thing I was thinking. Was braising. Yeah. Cuz they're they They're fairly similar, just there's so much higher in acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. way more tart. You're not going to I don't I don't know, but I feel like you'll never get sugar to come out of a tomatillo the way you would like a normal tomato like a Roma or more like a True. heirloom. Yeah. True it's, that. It
1: seems like it's always going to skew slightly sour yeah. or bitter.
0: Oh, it's
2: skews sour. What about a fried green t- tomatillo oh. slider?
1: Oh, with a little p- cool. Buffalo like-
2: Wild Wings, you better not be listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right, Dustin Gauden. Gow- Thoughts on preparing meats with coffee? Steak pairs nicely, obviously.
2: Um, but what do you feel like outside of. I, I don't really like. If only we had the chef de cuisine from Cut to answer this steak question. <laughs> uh, former chef. Former chef de
1: cuisine. Shout out to Hillary over there.
0: Did you guys ever do any coffee on the steak there?
1: No, uh, we we just we would do our like uh, our special like steak salt blend, proprietary blend, mm-hmm. and then your or, own version of Lowry's. Yeah, exactly, and mm-hmm. uh, and or it was just like salt and pepper. Yeah, but.
0: Are you are you into coffee in the food?
1: I think uh, well really the whole like the whole coffee rub thing was a big thing like with like Tex Mex uh, mm-hmm. South, south uh, Western cuisine. Um, so that's like you said that's kind of a a gimme on that. As far as like the only thing I can think of right off the top of my head is with co- cooking with coffee is there's like red red eye gravy for, mm-hmm. yeah where and then uh, like the momofuku red eye gravy is like it's really stupid simple where. You take, I think, some coffee or espresso and you mix it in with, uh, into mayonnaise. And that's like your red eye. That grape. I've
0: had huh. where you, they, they do like slices of Benton ham and then coffee oh, man. aioli. And it's, that's, it's just a plate of shaved yeah. ham and a bowl of coffee mayonnaise. And yeah. I remember that was the first time I ever went to Momofuku. mm mm-hmm. Long time ago, right? You know, long ass time ago when it first opened, and I was like, "What is going on? This crazy restaurant! Let's yeah. see what it's all about." And my friend was the, was the server there, and she's like, "Oh, people like this dish." And we're like, "What is it?" And she's like, eh, "It's like some coffee yeah. mayonnaise and ham, ham. on and we're a plate." Like, that sounds fucking horrible. And then we ate it, and we're like,
2: "What the fuck?" Yeah, it
0: was so good. It was good. And that that was that's that was an
1: interesting thing where it was a restaurant that was known for ramen, and then they they just started doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah.
0: And they're still doing that. They are. The last time I went to New York, <laughs> I went in there. I, I fully was not hungry but I ordered like a $5 bowl of potato salad. And oh. it was like by far the best potato salad I've ever had in my life. Wow. Just like, <laughs> ordered, like had like a, a martini and a uh-huh. thing of potato salad. Just like, oh, that sounds interesting. They had some like weird Japanese flavors going on. Sure. Mind-blowing. Uh, Taylor, little T, friend of mine. How do I make hamburgers without them shrinking? <laughs> Which Ooh. I think is a very cute question. That, that's a good question. Thumb in the middle. It's a good. I think the question. I think you dimple the middle of the patty. That's you dimple. What? You dimple the middle of the patty. I think if you have a if you have a burger, you just you're it's always going to shrink a little bit. Mm-hmm. So just make the patty bigger than the bun
2: by also a half inch. This is kind of like, this is depend like. It, there's not one patty. There isn't. No, I mean like what? You like, mean like there's a thin side shape sure, sure. griddle barbecue Meat type right? Like if you've got because you know like if you're doing like a California drive-through burger, like you know very easily you could have a weight on it right, and that right there. If you're looking at like In and Out mm. and being like, how come my patties don't look like that? I mean, there's a because they're, using... they're if they're thin enough, and depending on like how that they're the meat is like the coarseness of the meat's going to affect that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, whether you're salting the patty or not to get the water out. I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on, but if, if you're making like a thick kind of like like a pub burger, yeah, like a pub burger like that. That is always going to kind of pull up on you. But, sure. yeah, if you put, like, your thumbprint in the middle of the patties you put it on, that's going to keep it from shrinking as much. Yeah,
1: you dimple the middle. And then, like like you said, Andre, make make your burger bigger than the bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, especially if you're searing it, that way it's on and off in, you know, two minutes. And then you, and you're just throwing it on the bun right there.
0: Yeah. Boom, boom. Young Netscape asks, wow. any special tips on how to cook a turkey in the oven so it doesn't come out dry? You know, that's an age-old question that people have been trying to figure out since the dawn of time. I mean, just only get a turkey breast and sous vide it and yeah. then broil it at the end. That's, that's a
2: legit, that is a legit answer. That's something that people do a lot. Uh, I through. mean, you're, look, you're never going to dry out dark meat Right. So uh, I've, had, I've had that before. It's <laughs> well, probably possible. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. It's possible.
0: Someone's aunt somewhere will yeah. find a way
2: to draw your out. Oh, up. for sure.
0: Just keep cooking it.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like your best, if I, I don't know. The argument of cooking a whole unaltered turkey to Thanksgiving to me is like, I don't know. It's about presentation, I guess, but why would you do that spatchcock and do something else? There's like a million right. ways depending on how you're going to serve it. But, mm-hmm. I, but I think gone are the days where we need the giant bird in the middle
0: to be carved. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, completely gone, but it's pretty. I
1: it's, think culinarily, you're correct. But I, I think a lot of people who don't, the thing is, most people don't cook. And then when they do cook for Thanksgiving, it freaks them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because essentially you're cooking for 12 people, it's like you're, you have a pop up in, yeah. your, in your home. And then, a, and you have a small
0: shitty oven and you're oh, trying to cook yeah. a giant turkey, and you have a stupid knife, and yeah, you you <laughs> like even just roasting a chicken, sure, okay, well, is something that we're all still trying to master. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you nail it, you're like, Yes, mm-hmm. it is <laughs> exciting. And then, you know, when but how many times have you roasted a chicken and it's just like, eh.
2: like it tastes fine, but it doesn't look that good? I've done it a million times. And done it a million different ways. Yeah. And I'll still, even if I've done it the same way a hundred times, one will be like, "Well, what happened here? What did you do for in sure. the same oven in the same yeah, everything?" Those, those so so like, it's like that thing where,
1: like, we're we're having dinner and you're cutting into it, and you know, my wife's like, "Oh, well, what do you like it?" And I'm like, eh, "I could have done this. I could have basted it. I could have."
2: You know, it's always. Yeah. It's always you know your mm-hmm.
1: Monday morning quarterbacking it. Mm-hmm. So.
2: I think uncomplicated things to help you get turkey. Don't get a pre-brined turkey. If you can get an air chilled turkey mm-hmm. don 't get a frozen turkey right, but the turkeys get so expensive over Thanksgiving. I almost feel I almost don 't want to give that recommendation because I feel like it 's price gouging and you can mm-hmm. spend two hundred bucks true and uh, diminishing returns but if you can the brine brining a turkey will help twenty four hours um, if you foil and tent the breast kind of in the last hour and a half you 're going to help the breast from Overcooking while the dark meat finishes. And I think you want shiny side up so it reflects and doesn't absorb heat. Mm. Get an oven thermometer so you know the temperature of your oven if you don't already, because it completely varies. And also Mm -hmm. have like a kitchen, like a a meat thermometer that you can put into the turkey and see like where and what temperature your breast is at while you're trying to get the skin crispy and finish the dark meat. Mm -hmm. I think. It's a good and, you can, and you can get all those things fairly cheaply and kind of anywhere. Yeah. yeah, Oven thermometer on Amazon, five bucks. Before you lose your mind and do something like you know, like farmhouse drying for two yeah. weeks <laughs> in like a salt that only yeah. exists in the Andes.
1: Don't go like just just don't go swinging for the fences. Just like try to get on base and
0: you know. I saw a crazy recipe for Hassel Hasselback turkey. Hasselback turkey. Hasselback turkey. <laughs> it's fucked up. So you get a turkey breast, mm-hmm. and you and you make the oh, for no. the first time at home a Hasselback potato. Google a picture of it. It's where you make a bunch of slit incisions across a potato, right. so it has like a fanned out effect. But they did this with a turkey breast, and then filled each opening with stuffing. Oh, oh! Covered the whole thing in like butter, and then just roasted it hard. And the outside was like this golden brown crispy thing and it hmm. looked it looked was interesting it sk- enough. Was it skin on? Uh, I think so. I don't remember
1: actually. I feel like that's I mean, I feel like that would work and it tastes good, but you're not really eating tasting the turkey though.
2: True. There was a recipe that I still haven't tried, but I thought it was kinda of interesting. I think it was Bon Appetit. Some some fairly common food magazine, and it was somebody who makes garlic bread by basically taking, like, a country loaf
0: mm-hmm.
2: and hassle-backing it, and then, like, kind of, like, rubbing or pouring or putting in a bunch of herbs, garlic, and butter in between those slices. Mm. Yeah. So... That makes sense. And then cooking so it... So you're making,
0: like, an eight-pound eight garlic knot, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. But what
2: I think, in, in theory, or my mind, the way I want it to be is, like, so then you've got, like, basically a good quarter inch of just, like, really cooked crust, like, you know, a nice... Mm-hmm. Um, crustini kind of like layer. Sure. And then you've got soft bread that's still a little pink on the
0: inside. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds interesting. And then you and kind of, fat. I
2: would imagine, in my brain, the fun part of that, which may have nothing to the recipe, but you're also just kind of like tearing at it. Like it's almost like a tear bread. Like, sure. like, you're, not, bread. like you're not hasslebacking and then no. finally slicing it. No, it's no, like, no. here's on the table, grab a piece, grab a hunk. Have and I would it.
0: like to slice a piece off French toast made out of that.
2: Yeah, no, that'd be good.
0: Ooh, hassleback French toast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hasselback savory garlic French toast? Yes, exactly.
0: Alright, alright. Alright, um my brother, Chris, R.I.P. Stewie. He couldn't make it today, he's working. RIP Stewie. He did say, uh interesting question, favorite beer of all time. That's a good question. Yinling. Yinling. Whoa, you that was right off the top of your head. I love Yinling. <laughs> I'm gonna Yinling that's uh it's a Philly beer, right? Uh, I think like South uh, Jersey? Pittsburgh,
2: I think Pennsylvania oh, okay. I could be wrong It's the Rust Belt Yeah, for sure Ru- Rust <laughs> I mean, Belt. look People, I mean, it, I wouldn't it's but like people compare it, to, compare it to Budweiser Yeah uh-huh. it's, um, like,
0: it's like a little bit It's not more racist than Budweiser It's just yeah. a different kind of racist <laughs> Oh,
2: <laughs> You know what, me too Fucking
0: Yenny, bro. <laughs> um I My favorite beer I like a cold, ice-cold, crisp Sapporo
2: yeah, that's great. Mm, that's, that's a good
0: call. Very food friendly. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm blasting any kind of food, super cold, crisp, refreshing, Sapporo really does the trick for me. And it's technically a malt beverage, so oh. it gets Daddy a different kind is of... Is it really? It gets me a little different drunk, yeah. Oh. Hmm. So is that gluten-free? Uh, or no? I, maybe. Hmm. It, interesting. Maybe it is, but like... A little GF in there.
2: Yeah, that's actually a good question. Um I think Carlsberg too. Uh, look, any of my beer, my favorite beer answers are going to be light un unfoody paired yeah. beers. But
1: my like like you can go high and low. Like my mm-hmm. I yeah, love yeah. I love I actually living in St. Louis for 10 years like uh a nice cold Budweiser is mm. kind, it's kind of like nostalgic yeah. for me or Miller High Life ice ice cold mm-hmm. like where it's almost like too cold to drink. Yeah, some, that's really some great. Crystals could be forming. Yes, exactly. Like it's almost like a granita. <laughs> um, or if you if you want to spend more money, I I can't really say no to like a saison, like a saison Dupont or something mm-hmm. like
2: that. Yes. Yeah, I love me a saison as well. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things in in the world is when you get like a draft bud in a mug, and. It's coming out of the line so cold that a little bit of ice is uh, just like yeah. forms on top. Yeah. And it's just like, I, it's truly. Like where it meets the mug. Yeah. Yeah. It's a magical thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I also like very similar, but on the Thai side, the uh, ice cold beer Lao in a frosty mug. Ooh. That's a real good one. That is good. They, they have they that, do at, that EPLP. They have right? that EPLP. It's not always there, but ask if they have it. The it beer slushy? It, it goes down real nice. Nice. Tone, Tony Allen, rate the munchies party on the Rotten Tomato scale. My favorite way to rate something. Very fun. A couple days ago, Andre, oh, okay. on the Rotten Tomato scale. Uh, Not fresh. very fun. <laughs> Daddy needs a number. No, that's fresh. That's a rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Daddy needs a number. Mm. I'm going to give that party an 89 certified fresh. Oh, man. I'm so bummed I didn't go. Uh, the music was great, but the food. <laughs> I was just
2: gonna say that was the that, <laughs> that was the only downside. To yeah, it. that was a bummer. It was
0: one of those. It was one, It was one of the food part. You know, we've all been to food parties of varying kinds over the years, and this one had some of the best food I've had in a long time. Like, yeah. uh, Jessica from Squirrel made this like nice like melon
2: agua fresca, agua fresca that was I thought was really good. Yeah, nice. I, I I don't know what I can't tell if i think that she like balled melon and then mm-hmm. froze it so it was like ice cubes yes she did do that she did do that right yeah. cuz i got one that i couldn't it wasn't totally frozen so i couldn't tell but it seemed like it had been frozen it was but it was really good and i was like that's a kind of a that's genius smart move. that's a brilliant thing i saw a
1: picture of that was it like a mortadella sandwich that yes. was my favorite thing holy that was cow insane. holy cow yeah
2: that was great yeah and to re- to reiterate what you said it was probably the best like, past food I've ever had like, mm-hmm. at a party for the most yeah, part. Yeah, just
0: like, here's a uh, gorilla tacos, braised lamb, spicy taco. And wow. you're like, damn, this is, I'm a lucky boy right now. Yeah, that
2: yeah. was great.
0: So yeah, 89 certified fresh. Andre chooses not to give it a number. Yeah, uh, also
2: 89 fresh. Gee, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't like my number?
0: 101.
2: It's 101 <laughs> you, on the rock First you meter. pick the
0: same number that I pick, and then you pick a number that doesn't even fit on the scale of 1 to 100.
2: Fresh. <laughs> All
0: right, Cheeseburger Baby, she says, what's the That's most flavorful hot sauce you've ever tried? I'm aware this is a very hashtag basic question, but mm, notice how I, I didn't know. ask for your favorite. That's a good question. And I said, that is not a basic ask question. That is a good question. Yeah. Most flavorful, not your favorite, but your most flavorful.
2: That's a tough, tough, oh. toughy. Well, they can be the same.
0: Yeah, they.
1: They. Sh- I almost feel like...
2: I don't know, like, I mean, I guess she's differentiating... I mean, it's almost like—is the question the weirdest? Not your favorite, because yeah. being so specific about not your favorite, it's kind of like, well, my favorite is probably the, the most flavorful, the, the flavor, the yeah. the one that hits me. Um, hey, maybe maybe subtlety is your bag.
0: That's right. it's certainly my bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure the most flavorful thing. Is like a awesome blossom from chilies, which is delicious. That's a bad example, but a cul- like
1: yeah, a the cul- most
0: flavorful burger at a restaurant might not be the best burger. Mm-hmm. Is all I'm saying. It could be packed with lots of bad flavors. I mean, a couple of years ago, I fell in love with. Uh, I got really into Valentina,
1: mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. b- being from the East Coast, I, I had really married. oh <laughs> Valentina, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> East Coast. Uh, we don't have Valentina, you know, it's like Tabasco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh there was a I've came across this uh Sean Brock recipe. Mm. He has like a Mexican he has a couple of Mexican inspired restaurants uh called Minero. I didn't they, know that. Yeah. And he has I think he has one Men in Atlanta. Atlanta. Hmm. And they that's the that's how they say it. So uh, they make like their own tortillas and their mo- like the morosa and everything. The and- Car- Carolina
2: Gold tortillas. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the low country. C F A. Hop and John Chili Rienno <laughs> Holmes.
1: <laughs> but um, he has this great recipe where he takes uh, chicken wings, he char he smokes them and then chars them over the grill so they get really really dark, um, mm. and then smoke and char. Throw- yeah, throws them into a. Brown paper bag. I guess this is what they do at the restaurant. Brown paper bag, and then just puts a shit ton of Valentina oh,
2: into, uh. the,
1: into the bag with the wings, and then the server shakes it, and then dumps it right onto the onto the plate and the table. I like that.
2: Oh, and uh, the tableside we, wing. I've never yeah, heard of, but I like it. It's so really, that's kind of
1: like an
0: upscale wing version of the trash can nachos that Guy Fieri serves.
1: Oh, mm.
0: where is you it? you take a trash can full I, of nachos like and a you, real trash and can, you dump it. Ups, you invert the trash can sure. on the plate and then lift it up to reveal a
2: cascading nacho. That's the thing that he's got in New York at that thing. I hope that, it's by. All I like all restaurant. of his restaurants. All That's his most famous dish. Is really? It? I'm, I'm telling. I'm looking at you with sincere yeah. <laughs> eyes with question marks. I think I've heard the term. I feel and like I, I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like I've heard the term, and I thought it was again like a joke about his menu. I've no, never you got to look it up. I've never heard of, it's a,
0: of it. It's a it's a thing where you yeah, yeah they have they put a a large
2: plate or a bowl in the middle of the table, yeah. and then yeah, it's stupid gimmicky, but it doesn't mean it's not good. I mean, it could be good. I, don't I mean, know, only sure. if Maybe it's being it ser- good. only if
1: it's being served by Sal, the sanitation guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a small gar. It's more of a waste paper basket uh, okay. size garbage can. I was thinking of those big like no like <laughs> rubber made. No, it's like it's like a it's like a foot or two feet tall. Oh. It's a small, you know, maybe yeah. two and a half gallon size trash can flipped upside down, lifted up in slow mo to see the nachos dancing. Haven't tried it. Don't think I ever will. Next question.
2: Wait, we didn't even answer it. We literally <laughs> only discussed the validity of the of the question itself. Oh wait, you said Valentina, I go with Valentina. Andre, what do you say? I wanted, well, I just wanted to say um, there's a local hot sauce maker that's, um, It's he's been in the LA Weekly and he's been cited. I, I know that, or them, I think it's two partners. They have a stand at the Hollywood Farmers Market on Sundays, but the, the brand's El Machete, I think. Oh, but the yeah. one that I like the I've had most that. is Mexican Molotov, which um, is, I, I think. I've talked know. about it before on the podcast. I have. But it's, it's – one of the main ingredients is tamarind, which is really Ooh. nice. But it doesn't come across too fruity or too tropical. It really kind of – without knowing does it. Does that have it, like a sour note? Yeah, definitely. It's got a sour note. And it's got a little bit more sweet than you'd think. It's also hot. Um, I probably should figure out the other ingredients to, to highlight it. But um, it does this – it has this kind of like, oh, it tastes traditional in a hot sauce. But also you're kind of like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And, it, and then you're like, oh, tamarind. No, that's hmm. – Yeah so I like that one a lot it's my favorite I, I, thinking, bought, I bought a baker's dozen and they just sit in my cupboard
0: <laughs> I literally carry one in my car I got one in my fridge right now oh. uh, next question Jpeg sec, uh, section about bitter melon please do you guys know are you well versed in the world of bitter melon Kenneth uh, bit bitter melon it's uh, also known as ampalaya
1: in mm. Filipino culture mm. here we go and, uh, I'm getting comfortable, super, super bitter, like beyond bitter, but you can, you can kind of treat it like you would like eggplant. So you salt it and then let it weep out and then like, um, dry it off. Weep, weep out. Yeah. Just let it, or <laughs> as I would say in the kitchen, like piss out. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. And then I like the term weep though. Yeah. I've never so, heard weep. So Cry goth. for me. No, mm-hmm. it's so goth. I'm into yeah. it. While my <laughs> <King> gently weeps. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That'd be good, and then it's used a lot in uh, like braises or in egg dishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, bitter melon has like really great um, uh, medic- medic- medicinal properties for, especially for like diabetics and stuff, and people mm-hmm. who have like kidney problems.
2: Mm. It's in stir fry sometimes too. Yeah, isn't it? yeah.
1: It, it can be really strong, but if you use it sparingly, and I think if you also if you blanch it first, mm-hmm. try to get uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. bitterness out, so you just get like a little hit of bitterness on the second cook. What was the,
0: what was the question? What he, just, he just melon? wanted us like, to, to talk, talk about bitter melon in general. Yeah. And you, can,
1: you can get probably the best bitter melon in L.A. at um, Tao Farms. Seafood City. Seafood City. <laughs> also great. But Tao Farms, uh, he's an organic farmer from just outside of Fresno, mm-hmm. and he does amazing like Asian vegetables and greens and stuff.
0: Cool.
1: Where... Does he have a stand? Yeah at H uh Hollywood, Farmers, at Hollywood Farmers, yeah. Farmers, yeah. Farmers. Okay. He's right by the uh the where the goat the goat cheese
0: guy is. Mm-hmm. Oh around right the corner, like no yeah. where the the just, the crossing just I like to Yeah, call it? just south of the crossing. Yeah. Uh music producer Hexen Cloak. He's uh he's made a lot of music for Bjork and stuff like that. Oh cool. He's a bro. Wow. Favorite thing to do with the chicken breast in or out of the kitchen? I feel like this is gonna be an Andre question. No, you, you do a lot of breast work with chickens. I feel like <laughs> I do, but I don't take them outside the kitchen. You know, he's just having a fun little joke. I think you can just you don't you don't have to do outside of the. You can, um, do, you can do inside only. I mean, there's
2: yeah. The, I'll just say the thing I've been doing a lot lately is I've been pounding them flat and cooking them. I don't know why I started doing. I think it was just like I was doing kind of like a like a cook for the week or something like that, and I had five chicken breasts. meal prep? Yeah, and I just, like, I I really like the way pounded chicken breasts, the texture changes. Hmm. It's like, when you're poaching a whole chicken breast or roasting a whole chicken breast, it it has a completely different texture when, like, you're pounding it flat and broiling it. And um, I kind of was trying to figure out also, Yeah, I live in a condo with balconies, and I don't have a barbecue. I have a smoker now. But... um, Wow. Must be nice. The... God damn it! Fancy. You have a yard and a backyard and a huge garage, and there's, for the last there's a f- eight there's years, i like, a, hey, we should get you a barbecue, and you're like, no. There's actually a fence and around the yard. Yeah, it's it's insane. So I hate that comment, but that's why it's funny. But so the other the flip side of that is it's also when you can pound them flat, you can broil them so quickly, and it's a great way to get a char on there. Like a, mm. an open flame char that I can't mm-hmm. really... Do you broil
0: in the oven, like in the
2: broiler setting?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. if it mm-hmm. out, flattened chicken breast should cook in like three minutes or something. Like. It's like
2: two minutes a side. Right.
0: Real quick, yeah. Yeah. Or you could do the whole...
1: Speaking of trends, is like mm-hmm. the whole katsu thing. Chicken katsu. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's the other part is like once you have... So I've been taking like chicken breasts and pounding them flat and then it's like putting them between saran wrap mm-hmm. and yeah. then cooking a couple and then having some in there so you can bread them real quickly and bake so it's just like a it makes changes the texture but also it cuts the cooking time down if you want something just to kind of hang in the fridge and also because it's so thin it marinates and seasons a little bit better it penetrates mm. there's not as much actual protein to penetrate so mm-hmm. like
1: more surface area yeah yeah quicker marinade yep yeah so and then, as as one of my mentors would say, you just make a schnitzel.
2: Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which is the Cadillac. Just of...
1: pound it a tina, Kenny.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah, but yeah, chicken parm, I mean, and maybe but, yeah. that's
0: what we should be doing with our Thanksgiving turkeys. Ooh, pound tur- them out, baby. Just just a, a six foot long Ooh. schnitzel the size of a manta ray just
1: bone, bone out a whole spatchcock turkey
0: and then pound it and pound it. Oh the whole thing God.
2: cook it on one
0: of those big paella yeah, platters yeah, where yeah, the yeah. whole village gets involved yeah. no,
2: no 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 you got to take it and you put it um one of those Bones giant like where you whatever you would call like the mesh net where you put a whole hog the whole hog yeah and, yeah. Like, and so you can flip it. Like when Wait, they, when those. they cover oh, the yeah. whole pig in oh, like, chicken like the, wire, almost
1: like a cajacina.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like it's like cyclone fencing looking almost, right? right? Yeah. Well, it's like that, but then you can flip it, sure. and holding it, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. 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 Like the like the the, the fish grill the grilled fish flipper but like a jailhouse version of that yeah. step one debone a turkey mm-hmm. step two run it over with an old truck yeah step three grill it
0: but before you run
2: over the truck put a little um parchment uh, down or something mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: um a ter- to- to- little togarashi
2: yeah yeah, yeah. so ooh, that'd be fun <laughs> for a cocky if you're like doing like a yeah. hawaiian thing that'd be hot like a little
0: qp Next question, Red Umbrella. Please break down a solid homemade hummus recipe. I've tried tons of internet recipes, all ill-fated attempts, all disasters. Chalky flavor, sand-like consistency. Uh. Um, I mean, I make a lot of hummus, and the consistency is not too bad. I think, I think you, I think the main key is most people aren't using enough tahini as they should be using. I think the real the real good hummus has a lot more tahini in it than we'd like to realize. It's,
1: yeah, it's almost more tahini than it is chickpeas, right?
2: Yeah. And, and, then, and when you're describing tahini, you're also kind of at, at a base note, you're just describing fat yes. in a way that basically, I mean, what I'm saying is like people don't necessarily always look at the hummus that they like or eat and look at it like calorie content, or maybe it's like at a restaurant, oh, no, so yeah. just, there is no calorie. Sure. But like hummus is, you know, it has a decent amount of oil. Yeah. from different sources, right? Whatever that source is, whether it's tahini coming out of or like, olive oil. seed oil or whether it's olive oil. So if you don't have enough fat to emulsify the chickpeas you're blending, it's not going to get kind of People mm. forget that restaurant food mm. where it's just like, dude, it's fat and salt. Sure. Like that's why it tastes so that's good. That's why yeah, that's like, why a, a you an like an it. incredible like hummus <laughs> from a really great Mediterranean restaurant. Like there's a really healthy amount of olive oil in sure. it. That's not a bad thing, sure. But well, like actually so.
0: actually a true a true hummus should not have any olive oil in it. Or
2: right, right.
0: It, but it's it has a lot of tahini. Fair. But mm-hmm. I think I think Which is use more tahini than you should be right. yes. you, you should be using and then when you add in the water, I think ice water is what people recommend. Yeah, I think
1: that water's in there just to help emulsify.
0: Yeah, but you kind of blend it up and then you add the water in at the very end, like when you're doing olive oil mm-hmm. in a vinaigrette, in a vinaigrette, or like making mayonnaise or something like that. Just like just trickle the ice water in at the end until that consistency is just right. Yeah. Um, and then maybe maybe the tahini that you're using is shitty and one. I was get about to say one. that there's a lot of like like really
1: bad tahini out
2: there. And there's some. That's good. the name of my new metal band, by the way. Bad, bad tahini. tahini.
0: Ooh. Like System of a Down, start. Start. yeah, definitely. Um, Brandon Duell, du, Duel. Food YouTube. What's your <laughs> thoughts on binging with Babish, Brothers Greens? You suck at cooking. Um, do you have you? Do you watch any of those channels? I'm i I'm sorry to say I don't watch any food. I've seen I've seen Food, no, Binging food with Bavish. It's pretty good. It's a yeah. show where a guy it sounds familiar. I've never seen it. Where a guy recreates food from famous movies and television. Mm-hmm. Oh. And sometimes it's pretty interesting, sometimes it's not. And usually if he makes something that doesn't look that good, then he will the next half of the episode will be him like making a, a version that Make it is actually good. going to be good. And he seems like he's a very skilled Home Chef,
2: and it's well-produced. Like it. Yeah. it sounds familiar. Yeah. I think on? you would
0: like it. It's called Binging with No, Matt. what's it on?
2: What is it on? Just YouTube it. YouTube. Oh, it's just U- okay. mm-hmm. oh, it's on the internet. Yeah, oh, internet like, cool. dot com websites. Can I borrow your internet? Yeah. You like watch it? <laughs> Do you have a code? I'll give you
0: my internet code, sure. Okay. Just because we're friends. I, I know about Brothers Greens, but I don't watch it. It just seems like it might be... Too dorky or it might make me mad or it might be a little too like similar to what i'm looking for and i don't want to see that for some mm-hmm. reason but it's like two dudes who are like show you how to like like surviving on at whole foods for fifty dollars a week or something like that oh, or like interesting like home hacks to eat good and healthy kind of thing yeah. but it's like you probably good for kids straight
1: out of college
0: it's very much that vibe mm. but it's like dudes who are like Hey guys, what up, YouTubers? We're gonna we're gonna make an awesome fucking blah blah blah. blah. It's that YouTube voice. Oh, yeah. Man. And then you suck at cooking is a guy who What's up, YouTube? <laughs> what up, YouTubers? It's nearby. And the you suck at cooking, you might like it. It's kind of like this this weird, abstract, dull, dry delivery where he shows you how to make food. Um, I'm not talking about you specifically just in general. Oh, I uh-huh. thought he was like it's a boring show or this guy talks in just a shitty like Andre. voice and no, he's like <laughs> you're going to love it. And I was like <laughs> it's like a it's but it's a it's a satire. It's like not real. It's kind of like hey, we're going to do this thing. We're going to show you how to do this oh. and then but it, but it's all like weird funny okay. kind of things and like instead of chopping vegetables he he always says like throw throw an onion against a wall and then he uses like a weird effect like he edits it, a cut, so as soon as he throws the onion, then they just instantly get diced. That's fun. So it's just like fun little things like that. It's, it's pretty cute. good. It sounds a little Bob Rossy. Mm-hmm. It's a little Bob Rossi. Nice. I would say so, but there's, it's in that style of internet video of just like super dry guy talking, and then if you pay attention to it, it's kind of funny. But it's not that informative. Mm-hmm. I would say binging with Babish. Probably a little cooler. Might be my favorite out of those three, but but food wishes with Chef John. Oh, the, that, number number one favorite That's my guy right oh, there.
2: Man, my freaking guy. Um, right. I like. Uh, what was your? You said it. I think on a pod a little while ago. I didn't see the the episode, but like, so this guy is. I think he's from San Francisco, and he's like kind of older guy and. He does these. He's got great recipes for kind of any random thing that you'd imagine. He was a former chef, and okay. I think he's like super early on in like the internet game because he was doing like food videos in like 2005 or something. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: But it was he was just like, yeah. So this is uh, we're dry brining this, or for people that cooked before the internet, we're salting our food, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, it was yeah. just like seasoning like, it. We're seasoning me, our I food. Love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: my guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's my guy. Um, I'll, I'll watch that guy Watch that guy Okay Identified My man Government name Ranch dressing Delicious Or liquid basura
2: oh, uh, That's psycho. liquid gold Yeah It's the best Come I really on, like idiot. ranch
0: I like a nice Homemade ranch More so oh, did you uh, didn't hate
2: ranch For a long time As a kid
0: uh, I didn't hate it I was physically Unable to eat it right. Because of a Traumatic ranch Experience Yes oh. I remember Scar- this You are scarred I was scarred. I ate my one of my first chicken soft tacos from Del Taco when I was a kid, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is it." Yeah, my my life has changed. And then I went home. I it's didn't like have enough Proustian money. Moment. Didn't have enough money to buy another one, so I tried to recreate it at home with household ingredients, and it was like a you know like a supermarket tortilla. Uh-huh. Some like lunch meat, slices of turkey instead of grilled chicken. Okay. Some shredded lettuce, some cheese, and then instead of like the white sauce, like the the cream sauce, yeah. I just put ranch on it and ate it, and just instantly vomited. <laughs> Even though it doesn't sound bad, no, I was it's just like a right chicken now, Caesar right, wrap. right
1: now I'm like I was all the way with you.
0: Yeah, but for some reason, like what I was expecting it to taste like and what it sure. actually tasted like, sure. made me instantly vomit for some bizarre reason and I was unable to eat ranch dressing for like five years after that. Wow. I bet
1: if you time travel, probably the, the turkey was probably bad. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. there we go. No, oh, offen- damn.
1: no No offense to your mom. or you know.
0: Holy shit, I just had a revelation right now. Yeah. I feel like, why do I even go to therapy when yeah. I have you, Ken? Hey, ranch, ranch therapy. <laughs>
1: ranch uh, dressing's good, though.
0: I love it. Yeah, ranch dressing. Um, Issa we- Farbo... Yeah. Fabro. Fabro. What up, Isa? She she had that pizza pop up at, mm-hmm. at Lhasa for a while on Monday night. She would make pizza and she made her own ranch. And that was probably the best ranch I've ever had in my that life. That was really good. It was so good. And they have a good ranch at uh at Costa Bona as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did a, a deal forward. I did a, a ranch uh a ranch uh dressing for this Filipino collaboration dinner I did at Lhasa with like Sari Sari mm. and, and the chef from Forage, Ria. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't normally cook a lot of Filipino food. So one of the things I did was this like um, autumn salad with mm. uh, a buttermilk bagaung vinaigrette, Ooh.
2: which is really,
1: it's really rain dressing with f- the fermented fish paste, shrimp, shrimp paste in there.
2: So and it was like
1: just funky enough to where it was you're like oh there's something kind of cool going on but yeah other than that it's it's ranch dressing and
0: it's damn that's interesting yeah I'll, I'll bring some
1: over next time so it's kind of I mean yeah. like
0: that that's that that shrimp paste is that the stuff would you buy it frozen no you can buy it in a jar and okay. it'll, it'll, a jar will last you probably like five years it's like like it's like if uh, if fish sauce is. Suraj- Suraracha, then this would be some ball. Exactly. Whoa. Nice. Stephanie Kachmar. Best cookbook for noobs trying to step their kitchen game up. I think this is a question oh, for man, you. what a
2: good question.
0: Fucking Kenneth, this has oh. got your name written all over it. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh,
2: last year's probably... The, the Noma book? Yeah. That's <laughs> what I thought, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. too.
1: <laughs> Why don't you go with my book?
2: Um, I think Tartine. Yeah. You can go with the Tartine yeah, bread book. Yeah, for sure. If you, just wanna, if you really haven't ever baked before. A Day at El Bully. Yeah, there you it. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, um,
1: nice question. I think last year, w- it was one of the best books probably in the last 10 years was, and I'm sure you guys have seen it is the, uh, or have it, is um, Kenji Lopez-Alt's uh, food, The Food Lab book. Oh, yeah, 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 I have it. Yeah, which is really, I kind of describe it as like our generation's joy of cooking Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can—he takes like you'll do something as simple as like make a baked potato, but then he does a deep dive for two pages yeah. as to why you should do it this way, mm-hmm. and he shows the science behind it. So
0: I really want to have him as a guest on this pod, just mm. so I can ask him about his name. Oh, the names, yeah, very interesting. His name—it doesn't—I don't dislike it, and you know
1: he's Asian, right?
0: Yeah, it doesn't bug me. Yeah, but when <laughs> I, but when, I th- when I see his name written out, I'm like. J, Kenji Alt, uh-huh. Alt, <laughs> Alt Lopez. Yeah. J Kenji Alt Lopez. Is there a dash? Is there a hyphen? Maybe. Alt Lopez. There's a period in
1: there. Yeah. It's it's definitely like uh, super villain type stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: It's just Is there an emoji in there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's like the eggplant emoji yeah. somewhere in his name. But like
0: when, name, when yeah. names roll <laughs> off the tongue. When any word rolls off the tongue so oddly it's yeah. just it's fascinating to me
1: he's actually um uh, he's opening up a, a sausage house or like a worst house up outside of san Francisco oh cool yeah and he's doing it's almost like i don't know if it's like german style like
0: sausage house, but he's worst house yeah, really getting into it okay I
2: think that's a great idea. I would recommend that as well i think um this is a, this again you kind of have to ask somebody to read it because it's not it's not dense, but it's all it's a book. It's not even a cookbook. Yeah. But Ratio. Oh yeah. Ratio That's I a think great is a really great book for somebody learning to cook cuz it takes down basically these mathematical equations, a lot of it makes it sound dense, but no, it's just like how to make a vinaigrette and it's mm-hmm. like third half quarter talking about like fat to acid to, mm-hmm. and it and it breaks down sauces and braises and so many dishes that you basically could just take from there, and add, mm-hmm. once you figure out what acids are and what fats are, and from there. But I think it's super enjoyable to read, and really easy, and I think incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even memorized it. Yeah, so get I the ratio, the and then get the uh, pair that with the flavor bible. Yeah, uh, oh flavor yeah. And yeah. then you, and,
0: and then you, cool. then you start going flavor. After that, you're good to go for a while. Flavor bible, the only book that I use. Yeah. Justin Thomas K, do you use a pressure cooker ever? No, I don't. But I'd like to get one for bean making. Mm. I hear that's the move for a bean. I was make. about to say that's actually my favorite way to cook beans. No. In the pressure cooker. Yeah, it seems like it's a cheat that has no downside. There's no, no disadvantage to using it. You're like, ah, you're, you've. It's like a time machine for beans.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it does take a minute. You have. You do have to wait for it to cool down. Yeah. By itself. Or either that, or you let the steam out, mm-hmm. but then whatever that time—30 minutes—it takes to cool down, you're you're still saving two, three hours on cooking beans. So,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, beans take so long to cook, even when you soak them overnight for 24 hours. I, I'll cook them and I'll eat one. And I'll be like, all right, cool, four hours cooking, it's done, it tastes good, and then like yeah. turn turn the heat off and then put them in the fridge, and then the next day they'll be like, no. Nope cook them for another hour they're not done yet or you're like they don't you you, you yeah. can't tell that they're fully done it takes until a while to figure that out I remember uh, like right after
1: college I was like just really getting into cooking and I was decided to cook a bunch of beans and the recipe was like cook on cook very low so I put it on the the lowest flame mm-hmm. and it was it was still cooking like the next day and my roommates were like what the fuck is going on like, <laughs> like <laughs> they're that, just not done yeah they're not done yet there's a little starch in it <laughs> So, but yeah, pressure cooker all the way. Soak your beans obviously overnight, yep. hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even with a pressure cooker, I think you add on maybe thirty minutes if you did if you didn't uh, soak your beans. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think the soaking bean thing is actually better, um, so it, your beans don't split. You mm-hmm. find that? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Also, they say it rem- removes some of like the gaseous. Oh of, yeah, elements to the bean too. If yep. You can do that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I like um, that. I like that gaseous element.
2: Yeah, that's kind of like the cherry on top. Yeah. I think also, though, for beans, if you're not specifically cooking with an exact amount of liquid, as in reserving your cooking liquid for like the sauce itself or part of the bean recipe, you just can't cook beans in too much water. Right. Mm. Because you you can, it'll always say like two Mm -hmm. inches above like whatever your pot is. But also, I think people are using different sized pots and liquid evaporates differently in different pots Mm -hmm. and people at different. Mm -hmm. I mean, just. A lot of variables. You're gonna drain the beans after they're at the texture that you like. You can't cook them in enough water. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: You also don't like, don't throw away the bean, the cooking liquid when your beans are. Right, dissolved.
2: right. That too. If you're gonna use it, so chug yeah. that,
1: baby. It's so good.
2: Aqua faba. Also, you don't realize. <laughs> Like the how cheap using fresh beans are, but also how much salt is in canned beans, even when they say uh, low sodium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, in, it's like, in, and you don't taste it. Is yeah. the other thing like you taste the beans, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just it's tastes fine. like a normal bean. Yeah, kind of boring. And then you look at it, and it's got like seven daily servings of sodium in one can. And and so like, five bags of Doritos in yeah. one
0: can. Gravy Boy, we'll, this is our last question. Oh, even though we have we have a couple more, but we got to get this wrote right on the show. Gravy Boy says. Carlos is dumb. Oat milk, lit or quiet? I'm a fan of oat milk for sure. I don't know if you guys have tried it that much. I've heard, of, I've heard
1: of it, and I know some coffee people I know
0: um, have used it, but I haven't, I haven't personally had it yet. So uh, he, he has another question. If straws are on the way out, is bottled water next? Mm. Wouldn't be a bad thing. Is Box Water but- finally going to slide in? Benjamin, oh, okay. my man Ben at Box Water, you you. You know, you built a Boxwater company, and it's it's flourishing. But is it going to get pushed into the next level now? It's possible. I mean, I like Boxwater, but I like Boxwater. Not a question. But Thai pumpkin curry is a tight fall time meal. (laughs) Yes, it is, Carlos. Yes,
2: pumpkin curry is a year round banger. So sure, it's a damn banger. Especially with like some like pork in there. Yeah, squash pumpkin. Such a such an underrated curry or stir fry ingredient. And you know
0: Stewie's putting grapes in that curry like a little freak. I heard about that. Wow, I don't know. It was good. Have you ever heard of the grape in the curry? No, I have not. I I I I wasn't there that night. I I almost wrecked my car on Beverly when I (laughs) (laughs) when (laughs) when I heard about it. That's funny. All right, um, we will end with the best thing that we ate all week. I was going to remind you that we do that. Ken, but I feel like you already knew that yeah. part about this show. I, I I think I'm going to say I went to Alimento last night. Oh, damn. Did he get the invite? You, you know, No invite. invite. You guys no invite. invite. You guys in, uh, get... I don't ever get an invite. <laughs> that is not true. What's up, Zach? Yeah, that's right. Zach, the god. The uh, tortellini and brodo at Alimento. Oh, that was good. did you a... say that like three weeks ago, dog? Did I say that 3 weeks? I mean I probably did, didn't I? I mean that that mortadella sandwich at the Munchies party that I gave in 89 was really good. I was as gonna well. m- I
2: was going to mention that one.
0: That was What else do you what else do you night. order at uh, Alimento? Um mm-hmm. chicken pate. The chicken liver pat, the chicken liver mousse, and then we had the other pasta or, yeah. that was like the kind of the small spirals with the tomato sauce with mm-hmm. sausage and okay. fennel. That's really good. Chop salad. Shop salad's great there. It was really good. It has a little little chili in it. Give it a little booster. A little Zach thing. was nice enough to send out a, a, a nice light almond cake with some, some preserved berries. That nice. was just delicious. Shout-outs to the god. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, Andre. It was, a, it, was a, it was a date, and nobody was invited. Oh, that's cool.
2: I've eaten almond to like six times, and yeah.
0: Yeah, he hasn't gotten the almond cake yet. Yeah, no almond cake. Mm-hmm. My last,
2: Nothing.
0: You gotta go in there. You gotta shake some hands. You gotta press the flesh. You gotta be yeah. like, "What up, Zach? It's me. I'm Jason. I'm here. a good yeah. friend. Anyway, just wanted to see you. <laughs> just and do the do the fist bump through the the expo yeah. window. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Expo line fist bump. That's that's the. And then every time I see Zach, he's like, "Hey, man, how's your dog?" And I was like. Every time I tell you, I haven't <laughs> had this dog for like a year and a half. And he's like, yeah, it's a yeah. cute dog. And I'm like, all right, Zach, see you later. See ya. I'm every time you bring it up. Thanks, Zach. See you later.
1: Thanks for the almond cake.
2: <laughs> the almond cake was nice. Yeah. Uh, Zach's great. Andre, best thing you had all week? I was going to say mortadella sandwich. I'm sticking to it because it was very impressive.
0: Difference between mortadella and bologna, I'm going to go with nothing. Yeah, I think, I think. I think, I think the mortadella, it's, it, was, it was thick. It's more prone to be thick cut than bologna, I guess. I, well, and it has like a real kind of like a steamed egg white soft chewiness mm, to it.
1: I think it's, a, it's a, is it steamed sausage?
2: Yeah. But I think the, a yeah, so it's case and steamed. Sentence. But to me, I think there's no difference with the exception of mortadella is usually imported from Italy and bologna is a domestic American product. Mm, um, yes. And I don't think bologna is a bad word. Um, I think probably like the... Sometimes it kind of
0: feels like it. Brand, is there, isn't no, it? I
2: mean, I think brand trademark probably, Oscar uh-huh. Mayer trademark, probably you're just like, oh, that's not cool. Although it's fry If you pan fry that and make a sandwich, Oscar Mayer bologna is delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh, for sure. And American, American cheese. Trail, it's great. Yeah. I think the difference is usually traditionally imported, but also I think there's, so little of a distinction between the two. It's more to me. It just makes it sound like oh, there's probably better ingredients and and probably more care and attention made Papa John's to making it, <laughs> which I completely <laughs> invented in my head. And it, there's no truth to what I just said right. at all. But that's uh-huh. what I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's how much good just because bologna, uh, different bologna's and different mortadellas also like that texture you're describing. Right. To go yeah. from version to version. Sure, sure. And, and Sometimes and it has pistachios it yeah, in it. Exactly, yeah, And like peppercorn. Yep.
1: And, um, I, and I love it. You can do it cubed or you can do it like silky, silky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> silky
0: shocker. Silky, silk. Give me some of that silky, silk. I want a silky sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Give me just some nice, thin silk. That's flax. actually
1: a, a menu item we'll be doing at the lunch net, The silky, silky.
0: Silky, silky. Really? No. It's gonna, oh, it's gonna man, be. We got really uh, excited. Yeah. It's mortadella that it's it's sliced so thin yeah. that it's un- it's invisible to the naked eye. Mm-hmm. And when you when you pick it up, it just just drifts away. I mean, it kind of looks atmosphere. like.
1: You, what if you did like a mortadella, like you know those. Uh, I I've never tried one, but the those Korean face masks. Yes, yeah.
0: Like like Use a, the natural enzymes and oils from the, the mortadella, mortadella to seep, in, sure. seep into those pores. That's smart. Yeah. Can you talk about what you, you just, what you
2: just briefly mentioned before you also say what your favorite thing is that you ate? The what? Well, what you, was that? You're talking about the luncheonette. Oh, the luncheonette. Oh yeah, yeah. Can sure. you mention it? He's like, and then come back, You want me to talk more talk about, about the cream more? face masks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna go into a whole like Silence of the Lambs thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the um, luncheonette next door hello, to your bookstore. Hello, Clarice. Yeah. Hello, hello, yeah so, uh, initially, a couple of years ago, you know, I, I was kicking around the idea of actually doing doing something on my own uh, with my wife, and I wanted to do some kind of something simple and kind of like an every a place you could eat every day um which unlike you know unlike the place that I was a chef at at cut it was often viewed
2: as a special occasion restaurant for sure for sure yeah, yeah. right right price point and just intrinsically the quality oh, yeah. and the kind of meals you're serving absolutely absolutely
1: and you know what I do have to mention this cuz I'm here like there's still a part of me that pissed off that you didn't have a great time when you last went oh, and yeah. i pro- and i probably was Behind the line, so.
2: No, no, no. I, I my my slight anecdote too about that. Under that talks meal. a lot of shit on a lot of restaurants on this. I do not. <laughs> you do. I do not. I will say it was one of those experiences too where, but where it's
1: it's expensive. It's expensive, man.
2: And you know, uh, it was. I was. It was a work meal that I was with somebody who was, who was taking care of it. And our waiter was kind of like disinterested and slightly uh. aloof. And then he ordered a $1,200 bottle of wine uh. and, like, just snapped to attention. It was <laughs> yeah. like, hello, my man, hello, my mama. Like, started doing, it. And I was just like, fuck, that yeah. sucks. Because Th- what, st- if, what if you only had the, like, and this is funny sure. you can say it out loud, but what if you only had, like, a couple hundred bucks to throw in the meal sure. and the guy's like, yeah, whatever, that's a tip in this place. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then he sees this guy, you know, trying to be a BSD in the room uh-huh. and it's just like, Ugh. But... The the steak was good. The what does BSD stand for, Andre? It's uh, it's like super cool, dude. <laughs> cool, big, sick, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, best thing you had all week. Um, I, it's t- kind of hard to pick because I ate at last week. I ate at Lhasa for the first time since they did the takeover at one twenty. Oh, really? For, di- for dinner? Mm. For dinner? And I, I know I waited. Uh, my parents were in town, so mm. uh, that was very good. Their new burger or they brought back the burger that they the beef stick yeah that was Holy very tasty shit, it's so good yeah it's like it's really a burger it's like a beef dip burger so you you dip it that's really good um
0: the cheese is real chewy and nice and i feel orangey.
1: i feel kind of cliche saying this as a filipino guy but the the halo i had the hollow
0: hollow at sari sari classic filipino yeah mm-hmm. Ugh, those people haven't been to ho- to sari sari yet yeah my really brother likes it a lot
1: really solid uh the hollow hollow there was awesome and um,
0: holo holo, that's, a, that's a, a fucked up Filipino dessert, sure. isn't it? Yeah, it's got like a... so crazy.
1: And what's cool is that it it doesn't have traditionally. It has all these different like canned or preserved fruits. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because it's you know it came it, it's in the tropics. So yeah, like when you
0: get the fruit cocktail cup, it's totally condensed like that. milk, yeah. right?
1: Condensed milk, yeah. Which um, again
2: for the tropics, ice shelf and stable. And, and, there's
1: like yeah. usually ube ice cream on there, but uh, Marge Mansky she does this version with like. The ice is actually like coconut granita. There's like a flan mm. in there, which is also kind of traditional. Leche flan. Leche flan. You got it. And then it was like um, there's like tapioca. It was really, really mm. p- like passion fruit jellies and stuff.
2: Really kind of cool stuff. Okay. Wait, I saw a picture of this somewhere on the interwebs. Hmm. That's so like everything. Nice your, everything like day. from the flan to the coconut. Ice, coconut granita. Then, specifically, also what made me excited was the jellies because it was like yeah. a lychee and like a passion fruit, like yeah. homemade jelly, right? Yeah. And jelly meaning not peanut butter and jelly, but like the jelly kind of cubed. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you, That's not your grandma's hollow hollow, yeah. is no, it? No, no. Not even so my mom's.
0: Cool. <laughs> 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 All right, Ken. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Great being here. Um, Super fun. You should go to now serving. In Chinatown, in Los Angeles, when you're there, it is the best. You can follow, now, it's Now Serving LA. At
1: Now Serving LA.
0: And then your Instagram is DJ Nyoki. Yeah. Nice. Old school DJ name from college. Beautiful. Wait, Filipino DJ? Yeah. Well, I also, I also <laughs> want to mention the room spinning. That <laughs> oh, God. I've never met one before.
2: <laughs> I think also Now Serving is going to be like my go-to last minute birthday or housewarming gift spot. For sure. Why going to be last minute? Where, though. No, but I mean, by just being like, I've got little pockets of like, shit. Yeah. Housewarming present. Like, I definitely will find something cooler that, like, it is also that store. You can go in there and go into deep cuts, and it's completely it's got everything right. you want. But also, if you just need to find something in ten minutes for somebody right. that they're actually gonna like, that's that's, that's mm-hmm. you can't you can't miss.
0: Yeah, like that store Yolk for babies. That's, oh yeah, that's my go-to it's, for kids. Oh. Yeah, if you're if you've chosen the blade. Instead of the child or the just the up the street, the OK store. Oh, oh I love
1: OK. Yeah, you the whole thing talking, about this is yolk a
0: food podcast. Okay, come uh, on, yeah. guys. second. <laughs> <Just laughs>
1: that thing, the thing about Yoke is weird. Is that this registers all the way in the back? It feels like
0: it's, yeah,
2: it's so easy to steal
0: from.
1: I, it. That's so why I'm it's like, my should favorite. I just take this?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, you can follow me on social media at Them Jeans. Andre Kanaparo doesn't have any social media because he's just that cool of a nope. guy. Very right. smart. Very smart. The stewpodcast.com has all the all the episodes. Please uh, tell a friend or don't. We don't even need any more followers. We already have too many. Bye, Ken. Bye.
2: Thanks, nice, Ken. <laughs>